welcome everybody. Welcome to Painted Jungle. Welcome to another episode. Uh, another jungle episode because Ted is still not here. Uh, he had to. He's currently out bowling for the welcome week for our church. And those of you who don't know what welcome week is, it's essentially a new semester, new school semester is happening, and the college kids, a couple college kids are out um, serving the local university, uh, calling out not calling out, but inviting all the Christian students who are out there who are looking for churches. And I believe they're out tonight. It's bowling. Yesterday they were at 85 degree, which is a Taiwanese pastry, I believe. And, you know, they're having a they're having a fellowship time. So I told him it's okay. Um, go enjoy, get to know people, have fellowship. And I was like, man, well, who am I going to do podcast this time? Because last time Ted was out, uh, I got to hit up Sam Pack, my homeboy David, and also Javen as well. But this time, all the college guys are gone. And so I was like, man, who should I do? Who should I interview? And who should I do podcasts with? And I was praying, and God opened up a magical door, and we got one and only P. Jason here. So welcome, PJ. Woo! Welcome to Painted Jungle. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Hello, everyone, viewers of the Painted Jungle. Yes, sir. So uh, as we were talking before uh, we hit record, we were kind of talking about what are we going to talk about? And honestly, one thing that I really did, well, here, actually, let's do this instead. Did you think about a topic that we could possibly talk about? Um, no, I thought there would be a topic <laughs> ready for me. I thought there would be interview questions that I could mm. answer, but mm. um, okay, yeah, I don't know. Well, you've heard some of our episodes here and there before, right? Yeah. And it's 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 not really an interview. It's more like just a conversation, right? Sure. And so it's an opportunity for us to kind of get to know each other. It's unfortunate. I'm pretty sure Ted's punching air right now because I'm sure he would really want to be here. But you snooze, you lose. And um, one thing I do remember you telling me a while back, it was um, we were on the topic of getting to know, like building a bond with youth kids. Because you are serving our youth ministry as a pastor here. And I'm serving as, you know, assistant leader, right? <laughs> and teacher. And um, you told me that a one really good way for you to connect with kids is having those like late night retreat mm-hmm. kind of moments where you guys stay up and people go on their crackhead hour, <laughs> for lack of better words. And um, I agree. And even though it's not quite that hour, it's only 7.25 p.m., I think you and I, we could kind of enter that retreat crackhead hour yeah, kind of yeah. moment, yeah. right? Sounds and just good. really open up. And so would you, for those of people who attends our church or even outside of our church, who doesn't even know who I am, um, for those people, would you mind quickly sharing, introducing yourself and how you came to be a past serving pastor here at SK? Mm, That's a good question. Mm. Um, Well, um, I'm I'm not sure what your demographic for the the viewers are. It's probably mostly people from our church. (laughs) But um, uh, my name is Jason, uh, Jason Park, and um, I do serve as a youth pastor at SKPC, Sacramento Korean Presbyterian Church. I don't really like formalities as much, but that's why I go instead of by Pastor Jason, I like PJ better, and that kind of stuck with um, most of the people that knew me before I took the position. But um, but yeah, uh, it's been uh, it's been about a year. I think it's about a year anniversary. It was last August uh, when I first. Um, you know, was blessed to be able to serve as the pastor for the youth group here. And, um, you know, before then, uh, you know, Pastor Richard was the youth pastor. And, right. um, you know, a lot of stuff came up um, in his life and um, he wanted to focus on the college ministry too. So mm-hmm. there was a need and uh, we talked through it, prayed a lot about it. And uh, never in my life would I, did I want to become <laughs> a pastor. But, yeah. um, you know, when you really think about it, it's, it's not really like a position. It's just... You know, just another way to serve, I'm mm. going to say. And mm-hmm. and that's kind of, you know, where I got to the point of, like, I don't want to be a pastor, but, you know, honestly, it's just, it's just serving in a different way. And yeah. um, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. I talked to one me at the time, and mm-hmm. um, if she didn't want to do it, then it would have been a no-go. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because you know we, I wanted to do it together and right. um, so she was open to it and wanted to do it so that's kind of how I became the pastor of um, mm. the church about a year ago so, yeah. yeah so where are you from you're not from California right no oh yeah you know going even further back right um, you know I, 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 li- I was born in LA that's where I um, uh, was born and grew up a little bit and then I moved to a few different places but ended up in Arizona for the most part, that's where I went to high school and uh, went to Arizona State University there, Sun Devils, mm. um, uh, kind of a big school. But I went there for school, went there for industrial engineering, um, graduated there, and then I got a job for, in Utah. Um, okay. And then right out of school, I started full-time at a job there um, at a company called I Am Flash. doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully not because of me, but... I was just nobody there, but um, uh, was lived in Utah for about seven years, I want to say. Um, okay. And then I uh, got in, found a new job in Sacramento, and that's why I mm. came here. Yeah. Yeah. And so, were you? When did you? When do you believe you were called to start doing seminary, going to seminary? That's a good question. Um, so, you know, I my I was I was saved when I was in seventh grade. Um, okay. I think I told you know, the Friday Bible study um, mm-hmm. about this a little bit. And, um, you know, I was at a retreat and, you know, I had a, you know, up and down Christian life. Um, that's, I think that everybody kind of experiences that. And yeah. right before, you know, as I was graduating college, um, uh, I was not going to church at the time because, mm-hmm. um, I kind of fell away from my church friends and, and a little bit of a falling away, um, mostly because you know I felt like I wasn't as involved. They didn't really include me in different things and, and whatnot. I was kind of emo um, <laughs> at the time, and then I ended up moving to Utah and attended a Korean church there because you know that's how you meet people <laughs> when you move to new places. You go to a <laughs> Korean church, um, so I went there um, and I ended up serving in a lot of ways because they just needed a lot of things. It's Utah. Um, there's not that many people there, not that many Koreans there, not that many Christians there. So um, a small church, uh, lots of needs. So I began serving a little bit there. Uh, but in my life, I've always like sort of had one foot in the door and one foot out the door in a sense. Okay. Um, I was saved. I, I, I called, you know, Jesus, my Lord and Savior. And I, I know what he did, but um, there was still a big part of my life. I was still living for myself. Mm. And it, it might have not seemed that way because most of my time, free time, was at church serving in different ways. Mm-hmm. But um, just like more of a heart issue of um, I was still kind of even attending church for myself in a lot of ways uh, for the people and, and even like serving. Mm. And, you know, also my career. I really focused on my career when I was in Utah as well uh, when I first got a job. And, um, you know, it was the first time I actually got like cash flow in my life so you know I'd like buy a bunch of things I'm like wow there's money Um, I can buy whatever I want (laughs) so you know being a single guy um, so you know that was kind of most of my life and then about I want to say yeah it's so hard to keep track of time after COVID right Um, but about like five years ago um, or six years ago uh, I started going to a lot of retreats for some reason and Mm. Um, you know, you kind of talked about it, retreats or having late night discussions. I think right. retreats are great. I know a lot of people don't like them yeah. because, um, you know, they you get retreat high and it's not, it's mm. all emotional and stuff. But I really like retreats because it takes you out of your life and you mm. get to reflect a lot more about, you know, what you're doing with your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I attended a lot of retreats that particular year and... Um, after a lot of self-reflecting and I was able to see a lot of other people's lives yeah. as well as, you know, I've listened to a lot of um, sermons throughout the retreats too. And I got to a point where I wanted to um, completely give up my life for God, just in every aspect, not just, you know, my afternoons or my weekends or um, whatever else, but just everything. Um, and that's when I said, hey, you know, seminaries. You know, I have some free time. Maybe I can attend seminary. Um, mm. I want to learn more about God, and um, and yeah, I, you know, I had you know some. God has blessed me with some money, and I'm still single, so maybe I'll use that money to um, pay for seminary too, because it's not super cheap. Um, so 
yeah, I, I was thinking about buying a nice car. I think I was thinking about buying like a, a Corvette for some reason. Okay. Yeah,、uh-huh. I, I don't know why I landed on that car, but、um, I was like really looking into cars, and I was like, yeah, why not use that money、um, to take me through seminary? So,、right. um, yeah, that was kind of my journey of. I didn't really have a vision, but in my life, typically God, I, I kind of see retroactively like what God has done in my life and how He's led me to different situations.、Mm-hmm. And you know, at that point, I felt like it was really obvious that God put me in a position where I have spare time, that I had this desire to give up my life and follow Him,、mm-hmm. and、um, I had money to spare in a sense. So,、mm-hmm. um, and all that together kind of said, "Hey, why not?" Why not do this rather than you know maybe I should do this for a specific end purpose、mm. type of thing.、Sure. Um, such a humble flex, I feel like. <laughs> you were describing it. Like I couldn't get a Corvette, but、ah. I mean, you you got Tesla, <laughs> got all these money, just、yeah. got dedicated to God. This is a humble flex. I、yeah. love it.、Um, speaking of retreat, we actually had a retreat、yeah. recently for the youth kids.、Um, actual, you know, wilderness retreat. What you think about it? Like, how what was your experience? Like talking with kids and because this is your first time, yeah, like, having that experience. Yeah, and yeah. then you were you also stayed up all night too. That's right. Dude, props to you.、Um, <laughs> yeah, like as a as your first time experience for this youth group at least. What was your experience like? What was your some of your observations? Um, I think it went really well. Um. You know, a, a lot better. Typically, that's kind of—I I don't know if it's like low expectations or not. Or、mm. I think it's just you know really letting go and、um, letting God take care of it. And you know, a lot of things God kind of took care of.、Um, I'm always like worried about、um, the guest speaker in a sense. Yeah.、Um, but you know, even the past winter retreat that we had too, man, like,、mm. um, it's just really humbling to see that you know things just work out. And、um, you know, all you think about, like all the stress and worry, and you know, you're planning for all these contingencies and these issues, and、um, and God just kind of humbles you. It's like it's out of your hands, and and I'm gonna take care of it,、um, mm-hmm. type of thing. I mean, it could have been bad too, and I think God works through that as well. So,、um, yeah, it wasn't as stressful. Just kind of letting God take care of a lot of things.、Um, man, the kids were great too.、Oh, I、yeah. mean.、Um, You know, you hear like these horror stories of like、um, Ted, for example,、um, when he was younger at retreats.、Um, like, dang, like these kids are gonna misbehave and like sneak out and do all these things. But man, the kids were so like so nice and on time, and they were even like better than the volunteers, which is really odd.、Mm. Um, you know, props to the parents, I guess. But you know, they were very <laughs> respectful. They were, you know, always on time. Like they were there at the.、Um, Like the morning devotionals before, like the leaders were.、Yeah. <laughs> so I was like knocking on doors and like, hey, like you need to wake up. There's devotionals and nobody would answer. And、yeah. I got like kind of mad. And then like I, I like ended up going to the main lobby and they were just like sitting there in front, <laughs> like ready. I was like, oh, okay.、Yeah. Um, but it went pretty well.、Um, I think it was great. You know, obviously, you know, there's things that could have been, you know, better like logistically and stuff. But I mean, it's, it's a retreat. You know, we're not, you know. Doing some crazy corporate type of planning, and you know,、mm-hmm. there's always going to be things that happen. But、um, you know, I was really blessed by it,、um, and I, I think a lot of the leaders also、um, I met with that were also blessed, and and they helped out a lot too. So、right. um, just thankful for the support, and、um, even Pirich and Chami were there, and they、yeah. helped out in a lot of ways, especially with the guest pastor and everything. So、um, really, not as difficult as I thought it would be. Mm. In a sense, so you、yeah. you did kind of had the little had a little moment where you、mm. felt a little overwhelmed, right? And、uh, I'm I'm just gonna give、yeah. you a little straight cut. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is the jungle, right? Yeah, yeah, painted yeah. is not here. Usually, painted like Ted is the mitigator. He's the one that kind of keeps things balanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the chaotic one. Yeah, and since Ted's not here, it's just it's just Yang. Right,、uh, there's no yin yang. It's yeah, just yeah. yang, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna keep it real. Sure, sure. You know, there sure. was a part. There was a moment where you did. I don't want to use the word burnt out,、mm-hmm. but you did feel overwhelmed.、Mm-hmm. And I remember I was. I think it was like second night、um, after you told everyone to go to bed,、mm-hmm. and you were kind of with one me. You're 
fiance mm-hmm. and Pastor Phil, the guest speaker, you guys were in the main sanctuary. I think you guys were cleaning up and just mm-hmm. closing it off. And I was, I couldn't sleep. And so I mm. sat in the lobby and I was just kind of reading the Bible and I was just mm. kind of going down rabbit hole of like just reading random books. Mm. And um, you came. Yeah. I think you were checking, making sure everybody's like lights out yeah, and everyone's yeah. going to sleep. And then you and I got to like talk a little bit for a brief moment. Mm. And then you were like, yeah, I just feel very like overwhelmed. Like oh. there's so many things going on <laughs> yeah, that yeah, you yeah. have to worry and stress about. Yeah, yeah. And that to a point you kind of like reached your limit Mm -hmm. and I think this one thing that I learned about you how you deal with stress is that you just kind of let go yeah yeah, you're like I surrender yeah yeah, like I don't give a crap that's right (laughs) like a better words yeah um so what how do you usually like handle that yeah I think that's kind of you know obviously you can't just never care and you know it's always in our nature to like stress out mm. in a sense and um yeah i do that all the time too but you know it's you got to kind of check yourself mm. you know constantly and i it's for me it's always like that you know every day it's like i get stressed like something comes up at work or something comes up and like oh like what am i gonna do and then you got to kind of be like oh, okay like you know doesn't matter <laughs> kind of thing um and you know it's it's kind of interesting you know but it's it's really how you respond to those situations and mm-hmm. sometimes you know getting stressed isn't you know it's not really a sin in a sense right it's yeah. just a reaction to a situation right and how do you deal with that reaction you know is how you you know do you deal, deal with it christ-like or do you you know crumble or, or do you get angry or, or do you tackle it differently so um so yeah uh, for me it's just i just need to constantly um kind of remind myself that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, there's actually this really good book. Um, it's really short. It's like a little booklet. Okay. It's called Freedom, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. Yeah, it's by Tim Keller. Okay. And it's a really short book, but mm. it's really hard to read. Maybe I'm not a good reader, but um, it's like uses like hard words <laughs> that, I, that I don't really know. But um, that, the premise is like you kind of have to like forget about yourself and, and you find freedom in that. So, um, for example, like if you take criticism, yeah. um, like like you tend to like take it in the sense of like, you know, hey, it, it kind of hurts your self-esteem yeah. or uh, you try to use your self-esteem or your pride to like, you know, to ignore it or get over it type of thing. Yeah. But, you know, if you kind of forget about yourself and not in the sense of your diminishing your self-esteem, mm-hmm. but more of you understand like who you are and your own identity mm-hmm. that you don't even like worry about yourself anymore and how it affects you. Mm. Um, uh, so like one of the examples he gives is like your toe, like if your toe is injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of an allusion to how our, there's a hole in our heart. Okay. Um, then you notice it, you notice and it affects you. So it affects your self-esteem, you know, you get hurt and you yeah. kind of, you're always self-conscious. But if your toe is fine, you don't even think about your toe. Right. Like you don't walk around and you're like, oh, my toe is fine. Yeah. Um, you just kind of forget about it. So in that same sense, you know, if you are sure in your identity in Christ and your heart is whole, then you get to the point where like, you don't even really think how it affects you and you're able to kind of let go and like just do the task without really thinking about how it affects you in mm. a sense. But it's it's a really good book. Um, it's really short. Seriously, it's like a little booklet. You can probably finish it in like an hour. But um, yeah, I don't know. Short books scares me. Yeah, it's like <laughs> long books. It's a lot of ex- explanations. Yeah. Short books hard to grasp. Yeah, that's true. So, but that's then true. like, so is the book talking about? Um, like in terms of like criticisms that you might receive or like judgment you might receive in behind the actions that you do. Um, it's like, oh, it doesn't affect me because my identity is so solid in Christ or... Um, I think it has to do with like your self-esteem okay, and, and low self-esteem versus pride mm. in a sense. And we kind of look at it, look at the world in a lens of from our perspective. And, mm. we, and you know, um, so... It's, it's not more of like your 
saying that you know no matter your actions don't really matter in a sense mm-hmm. but um but in a sense that you don't take it as seriously and um you know you're, you're not kind of always looking at a situation or a decision based on like you're the main character and it's kind of taking that away so it's kind of the freedom of forgetting about yourself it's kind of interesting mm. um, but yeah that's something that i'm like really struggling with mm. is it's pride right mm. and um i'm nearing my 30s i mean you already reached your 30s congrats by the yeah. way but uh, <laughs> i'm nearing my 30s <laughs> and i'm already getting to that like mentality of old grumpy like korean ajashis mm. just like angry about everything complaining about everything <laughs> and even just the way people look at me like irritates me right and i'm just just a grouch <laughs> and uh there's like a common like it's almost a meme there's a joke we're here say at painted jungle is like something something comes from a place of pride which is something that i came mm, up with okay or i adopted from somebody in the past sure but i say that a lot and ironically enough I probably am one of the most prideful <laughs> human being, right, on this planet. And it's like, like the way I see you handle like conflicts within like with kids, or even like within just church in general, how you handle stress, how you handle um, burdens or any issues that may arise, is a very you handle it in a very humble way. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, right? I don't know if you can agree, but I I think. It, you handle it very yeah. humble way. Um, even when you get overwhelmed with stress and stuff, mm-hmm. your way of kind of, your default way of handling is like, I don't care, mm-hmm. right? You kind of step back. My way of handling is like lashing out, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so even that alone, like neither of our methods are quote unquote good, mm-hmm. but if we were to choose, I would rather choose your way than be like lashing out at people, right? Sure, sure. So, how would you, what would you, like, give me an advice, right? Mm. I, need, I need some help from mm. a pastor Jason, right? <laughs> like, how would you say, what would you say to someone who is struggling with pride? How do you mm. overcome pride? That's a good question. How do you overcome pride? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're telling me how you, like, how I how I handle situations humbly, and that's kind of getting my pride up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's very tough. Um, it's something that I still struggle with a lot too. And um, you know, we're all like main characters in our own life, in mm-hmm. a sense. And mm-hmm. um, you know, me also like being part of praise team growing up and in college and in Utah as well. Like that's like something that you struggle with every time you like do worship um but um to me um you know maybe it's kind of a cop-out answer but Mm. i feel like struggling with pride Mm -hmm. is how you deal with pride in a sense um meaning that you're aware of you're self-aware of of what you're struggling with and as long as you're self-aware as long as you know and you try to correct or, or you understand that it's a problem and, and you try to, you know, fix it in whichever way, I think that's you're on the right track. And I think that's kind of the best you can do. I don't think we can ever fully get rid of pride. And that's kind of our fallen nature. And maybe eventually, you know, when Jesus comes back, we'll, we'll be in that place. But, you know, even now, like, even when if I were to go up and do worship, you know, at the Vine or, you know, youth group, yeah. there would always be a percentage some kind of percentage in my heart where I'm doing it for my for myself and mm-hmm. and so you'll never you know it, it's kind of this um, goal that you'll never be able to achieve completely getting yourself away from pride and um, I think and, and that's where I get to you know as long as you're self-aware and you self-reflect and you continue to struggle with it meaning that you're aware of it and you want to change um, and you're trying to do better I think that's the honestly the best possible place you could be it's not you're like it's not to say you're the best or you're the most humble because your pride is less but it's more of how you're working on it I don't know Mm -hmm. if that makes sense but Mm -hmm. um so yeah I mean you know you always talk to me about you know pride and it seems like you're self-aware and I feel like um you know honestly 
I, I don't worry about you too much when it comes to <laughs> come to pride at all. So um, it, it's more of the other people who aren't self-aware that they don't, mm. they think they're fine. You know, they think they're, you know, doing it for God and, and they have no worry at all. And that's kind of where you start to get concerned and you talk to somebody and say, hey, um, is, you know, everything okay? Why are you doing this? And, and start those conversations. Mm. Pride is, um, I don't know, like pride is a good reminder, <clears throat> but also I feel like we kind of as like a church culture, we sort of let it take control of our lives sometimes. Um, especially like you and I coming from a praise team background also, mm-hmm. right? Like, <laughs> like, you know, those cases where you pull off a song like perfectly, right? <laughs> or you think perfectly. <laughs> And someone will come up to you at the end and will be like, wow, thank you for leading that worship. Like, that was so (laughs) uplifting. Thank you so much. And you're like, you don't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. Because you don't, one hand, you're like, no, praise God, right? But then (laughs) the other side is like, oh, yeah, I I, I nailed that. (laughs) But because of that, I feel almost in modern church culture, like it's almost a taboo to compliment Mm -hmm one another um i'm like on doing a good job yeah. right like you're you're a leader of a praise team and then let's say you know your electric guitarist like pulled off a really good solo <laughs> right like he was struggling throughout the entire week of practice and then on sunday he just nails it and towards the end you're like should i go like should i encourage him like yeah you did a great job that's what you want to do but you also don't want to boost his ego yeah. per se right like do you do you struggle with that like has that ever occurred to you before or happened to you before yeah um yeah I, I think I think about that a lot and um you know it's it's, it's interesting um I, I think it kind of goes back to that book as well of of self-forgetfulness and it really focus it, it makes us focus less on the things mm. and or it makes us focus less on kind of ourselves in a sense. So if, if you compliment somebody um, and you try to boost their ego in a sense, mm-hmm. um, you know, if they're, you're able, you're able to celebrate, you're able to be happy about it, but you don't really think of it from your perspective. You kind of forget about how that impacts you and you're, you're able to celebrate to whoever's complimenting you and say, hey, you know that was awesome that was great yeah and that's kind of where you you know in, in your christian walk you kind of transition from this initial phase of um where you're trying to humble yourself by like lowering yourself mm-hmm. and thinking that you're worse than other people mm-hmm. and that's not quite where we want to be either yeah. because we're still putting our focus on ourselves mm-hmm. in a sense yeah um and and really where you want to get to is um that you're so confident in who you are in Christ that even though you're terrible, that God still loves you. Um, you get to the point where, like, to that person that's outside looking at you, they think that you're like the most like cockiest, like, like most you know um, non-humble person ever because you're so like, you know, you don't care. You you just celebrate and you don't have a care whether you don't like to you don't lower yourself in front of other people. You just go out and people think that you're confident and they might think that you're self-righteous in a sense but yeah. that's why we can't really judge we don't know but mm-hmm. you want to be in that position i'm sure you know like pastors and other church leaders and you know nunas and you know youngs that in the past where you're like dang they're they're so confident like how are they doing that how are they saying these things how are they preaching so easily and how are they able to interact with people so easily it's because they have this confidence <clears throat> in god and, and and they don't have to lower themselves because they know they are nothing, but they know that they're filled. And so they're able to not even think about how they look in front of other people if they need to lower themselves or they need to act a certain way. It's just they don't care. They just live their life however mm-hmm. they want to. Mm-hmm. So, No, I like that. That was a... Uh... Yeah, because I think we naturally gravitate when we think of, when we say like thinking, making it about ourselves, or it's too much about ourselves. We naturally gravitate towards like positive, like uplifting, like oh, I'm I'm being prideful because I'm thinking I'm I'm the best, right? <laughs> but like you mentioned, it can also be negative, and you can still be pride. Yeah. Like 
oh my, I was the worst like I, I'm terrible at it and you're still making it about yourself and that's something that a lot of people kind of miss yeah. right it's like oh I gotta like you think you're the best like I'm the best guitarist and be like oh I gotta humble myself I'm actually worst and like <laughs> constantly <laughs> reminding yourself like yeah I'm not that good I'm not that good but irony is that you're still making it about yourself and putting spotlight on you that's right that's freaking pride man (laughs) (laughs) it's tough yeah yeah um it's funny too because we see a lot of that in like our youth kid students Mm. too like the way that they they talk with one another and like even as a joke which is kind of brings me (laughs) to my next thing i kind of want to talk to you about sure um so you were kind of like known as this like chill laid-back pastor Yep. Right and um, Pierre, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> here's our here's our roast of the day. It's a tradition here, uh, but uh, not even a roast. Is uh, recently I got some opportunities to talk to some of the youth kids, hanging out with them, grabbing food, and they're like, "Yeah, like Pierre was like a very lawmaker." right (laughs) or like law enforcer right he was like with the whole 18 and a half no dating rule like i don't know if you know that rule it's like Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to date until you become 18 and a half and along with other rules right peerage and chami were like the rule enforcer out of love of course um but then when it comes to like pj they're like oh yeah but pj is like I can't picture him like yelling at us or <laughs> you know scolding us or anything. He's like very, he's very chill. <laughs> That's what they would say. Um, but I also noticed from day one you started serving as a youth pastor, or was it like an intern at the time? Up to now, you sort of started shifting. Um, before you were very like very laid back kids can like talk smack to each other even as a sarcasm you wouldn't really say much but then nowadays i notice your kind of focus has been little starting to become a little more strict Mm. right and you start to kind of initiate not initiate like kind of step in when things do get a little out of control um is that intentional (laughs) am i I reading it correctly yeah i I think so i Mm. think so was was behind that? Um, I'm ve- yeah. I try to be very um, deliberate about you know things that I do, and um, yeah, I, I think I'm self aware that I tend to let things go pretty easily, and I'm typically pretty laid back. Um, but you know, we we talked about this a little bit before. Like, it's just different styles, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's no right or wrong, and mm-hmm. um, and we talked about this a little bit as leaders. You know, you know. I talk about with the about with the uh, youth group leaders all the time of, hey, this kid's like laying back and like snoozing during sermon. Should I go up and like tell him yeah. to pay attention, or should I like just let him be type of thing? Yeah. And you know, as leaders, you know, there's no right answer, but you know what I tell the leaders all the time is you have to deal with the consequences of of mm-hmm. the decision that you make. So, yeah. um, for instance, you know, Purich, you know. I don't know how he was. I think he's fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but you know, let's say, you know, he is a little bit strict. Then, um, then you know, in his sermons or, you know, in his interactions with the kids outside of church, you know, he needs to emphasize grace in a sense because they might not, you know, see that as much. Mm-hmm. And on my end, too, if I'm too laid back and emphasize grace too much, then kids might do whatever the heck they yeah, want and yeah. might not know how to do that and then I need to face those consequences and, and be able to help them and uh, um, you know maybe self-correct in different ways too so uh, for me I, I'm trying to figure out I think my automatic tendency is to be laid back and mm-hmm. let things go mm-hmm. um, but I think I'm trying to learn how to find a balance in a sense and that way I'm not having to correct too much all the time so instead of having like a uh, like a huge um, intervention with one of the kids and have to like say like, hey, you know, stop cussing, you know, stop saying bad words and, you know, get really serious. Maybe I can find a balance so I, I don't have to be, have to self-correct um, or have to correct the trajectory as much. Um, so I'm trying to figure that out a little bit. Uh, it's funny because uh, in seminary, 
there's this training and mentoring class mm. that you take. Um, it's only one credit, and it kind of goes throughout your seminary. So basically, you're supposed to find a mentor, and you're supposed to work on character traits or work on specific skill sets as mm. you grow in seminary too. Mm. And the one that I'm currently working on is is assertiveness and mm. uh, what we're talking about here too. And um, you know, how, how do we become a more well-rounded leader, and and how how can we serve the kids better in a yeah. sense? And yeah. um, you know, everyone keeps telling me I'm too laid back in a sense and um you know trying to you know i I love the kids how can i serve them better and maybe Mm -hmm. one of those ways is to you know be maybe not strict but at least be more vocal and um you know try to correct them when i'm able to in a sense without being too um crazy about it so Mm -hmm. so yeah it is intentional i I try to be very deliberate in the things i say and things i do but sometimes they work sometimes they don't so (laughs) Um, just kind of not experimenting, but you know, trying things, different things uh, for the sake of the kids. So, mm. yeah. It was since we're in the topic of like mm. that late backness or like assertive. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did also realize, kind of one difference between you and I was that you, when someone kind of approaches you, go, hey, like PJ, I want to start serving praise team. You'll just be like, oh yeah, like yeah, go for it. <laughs> like that's awesome. Like great. Yeah. Whereas if they come up to me, and maybe this is why no one comes up to me to talk, to talk about it, you always have to direct them to me. Yeah. It's like if they were like, hey, like teacher Jung, like I want to serve praise team. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, what credentials do you have? <laughs> right? Like, can you sing? Can you play? Are you like willing to dedicate your Saturdays? Right? Um, and so. Even like when it comes to people like wanting to serve in the youth ministry, mm-hmm. um, I think you once told me like you don't want to get in the way between them and like serving God, mm-hmm. right? I'm trying to figure out like what is healthy balance, right? Like, should is it okay to just be like just accept anybody who wants to serve like willy-nilly mm-hmm. right and just have total faith in god and you know in the end i trust that god will redeem yeah. right um even if people do make mistakes because nobody's perfect yeah but at the same time we are also called to lead with wisdom mm-hmm. right um if somebody is like struggling to wake up every sunday mm-hmm. to make it to service on time maybe it wouldn't be a good idea to make them in charge of like welcome committee <laughs> right because <laughs> there's there nobody to walk up they have to welcome themselves and so what do you think of that like balance mm-hmm. do you think it's needed um is there what is the benefit of just letting people come in or what mm-hmm. is the benefit of being more strict yeah um yeah that's a hard one um you know i want to give the cop-out answer of either way works Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and you have to deal with the consequences um which you do but um i I think i me myself i'm trying to figure that out a little bit too um Mm -hmm. especially it's different in different contexts too right if you're a mega church and it's you know a adult ministry then you probably don't want just anybody going up and, and leading worship for all that you know because you have choice you have the option and um and you know, you, you don't want it to be a distraction and you want to yeah. put the best people there. Um, in a smaller church setting, you know, let's say you only have like a two-person church, then you probably don't have a choice no. <laughs> on the worship leader. So, um, you know, um, I, I think I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, just got to pray and, you know, hope that it works out either way. Yeah. I think you're similar to me in that, like, we kind of enjoy chaos. <laughs> um, we're like chaotic good in a sense. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, in a lot of sense, you know, if when I do just say, hey, go for it or let people do things, I kind of I don't want them to mess up. <laughs> I don't want it to crash and burn. Yeah. But man, like, if it does, like, wouldn't that be a great, discussion to have with the kids you know what i mean yeah. like you know you know somebody's like on praise team for for the youth group and 
they want to join and you like 100% know they're just doing it because they want to like show off and they want to yeah. like and I was like yeah why not like let, let them try it and then let's say you know another kid or somebody else on the precinct gets so self-righteous about it like yeah mm. like you know why is he a part of the priest team why am I not part of the priest team um, you know and maybe and that'll like drive good conversations too and and you know especially for me with the kids um i don't know if the kids are listening <laughs> to nah, this podcast to this. <laughs> but um you know i feel like you know we talked about how the kids were good yeah um, they're very chakke, very nice and mm-hmm. follow the rules well and behaved, yeah. they're almost like too comfortable um in a sense you know especially with our youth group and um how do you kind of not create conflict intentionally but how do you kind of generate these situations and um kind of drive these conversations in different ways and how do you kind of push buttons and i think you're always you know a proponent of that pushing the right buttons and asking the right questions and and making them open up a little bit more instead Mm -hmm. of like just be complacent at where they're at and you know do their ap courses and and life's good for them right yeah, they call me the instigator <laughs> <laughs> exactly so I, I think you know that can be good too obviously you know we don't want to be ill-attentioned and deliberate about it but yeah. i think it's a lot different than uh, in a situation or a church where you know there are kids that are struggling and you know having a hard time and they're looking for um a place that's peaceful or that has love and grace um and um so yeah i think it depends a lot on the context too but i'm still trying to figure that out a little bit and you know honestly you know i told you this before i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) people think you know i I know what i'm doing and um you know oh yeah it's pastor you know i'm sure they know but you know we're all you know we're broken and fallen in different ways we try our best and um ultimately we're here to serve and you know, I don't know what I'm doing most of the time, but you know, best I can do is pray and and mm. hope that God kind of is able to use somebody like me. Um, so, mm. yeah, yeah. No, I see. You know, like I've been a part of many churches in the past. I've you know been part served many different youth group ministries, and you definitely bring huge positivity into the table on the on the table to this youth group mm. um trying to choose my words very wisely <laughs> i'll just leave it at that <laughs> i i think you're doing great mm. i think you're awesome Appreciate it. kids definitely love you they really enjoy um just spending time with you as well not to mention, you're also very cracked at the games that they play. Oh, right? and, uh, <laughs> they always that's that's always like an easy, like an icebreaker. Oh, it's so easy, like, right? And yeah. you did when I was um, so when I was like college. My old this was back in my old church, mm-hmm. and I would like I was addicted to League of Legends, <laughs> and my my uh, not my youth pastor because I was in college at the time, but this guy like youth pastor and I were like pretty close. And um, he was like a young for me, and he would always like kind of nag nag me, be like, "Yo, stop playing League of Legends mm-hmm. so much." I was like, as a joke, I said, "It's a you know, it's a ministry, right? <laughs> it's a league <laughs> ministry." He's like, yeah. "How is it a league ministry?" He's like, "Dude, whenever newcomers come, like while you guys are stumbling on how to like open up with them, yeah. I'm over here just playing games with them, and <laughs> it's a natural, you know, because everyone plays league." <laughs> and like I said it as a joke, but you are like the embodiment of that meme uh. as a Valorant, <laughs> right? As a CS:GO player and also uh. as a league player. Yeah. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> um, it, it reminds me when, uh, you know, Pirich, I think we were playing basketball before COVID. Mm. And then Pirich, like, scored on Jonathan. He's, he's one of, he was one of the youth group kids. Yeah. And then um, he's, he, after he scored on him, he was like, you know, come out to church. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's been great. Like, you know, these kids play, you know, Valorant so much. And, yeah. you know. And I'm still higher ranked than them. And it's like, you know, what excuse do you have? <laughs> like, read the Bible, like, spend time with Christ. You're spending all this time in the game. I barely even play that much. Like, 
you know. You're like so, twice their age. <laughs> like twice their age. My reaction speed is getting slow now that I'm getting, you know, old. So, um, but it's been good. Um, it gives me a chance to, and, and again, you know, maybe I shouldn't be. You know, I thought about that a lot too. Um, deliberate. Maybe I shouldn't be playing games with these people. And you know, <laughs> some of some of the parents are like, oh yeah, like. You know, my kid plays games with you. Like he says that he's playing with you, and he kind of makes that an excuse. Like, oh yeah, I'm playing with my pastor, mom. Like, um, you know, I can do my homework later. Dude, I, but, I was playing. I was playing with you know Josh, right? John's yeah, little yeah. brother, and uh, uh, it was like late at night, right? Mm-hmm. It was like ten, but I, it was like Saturday night, so I didn't think much of it. It's like, oh, I'm sure his parents are okay with it. It's the weekend. Yeah, he's done with school. Um. And you know, like I hear his dad yelling in the back, and be like, "Yeah, like no more head." Right? <laughs> like, like, which translates to like, "What are you doing?" Right? Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, I'm playing. I'm playing Valorant. I'm playing game." And he's like, "Like, turn that off right now." It's like, and then I'm like, "Oh shoot, I'm not saying anything." Mm-hmm. And then he goes, "Oh, I'm playing with junk teacher." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "No, Josh, no. Oh, Why are you ratting no. me out like that?" <laughs> and, then, and then I just hear his dad goes, "Okay, after that, go to sleep." <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> These kids, man. Yeah, but um, I think that you know, again, that goes back to you know, we have to deal with those consequences too. Right. You know, we we talked about this before about, um, you know, as we're serving, you know, do we be there more like their friends or do we be mm-hmm. like more like a mentor type mm-hmm. of thing? And mm-hmm. um, you know, there's there's no perfect answer, and it's maybe somewhere in the middle. But um, you know, we want to make sure that you know they take they're taken care of spiritually and we understand where they're coming from and sometimes you know it's not good for them if you know we're playing with them all the time yeah and we just need to identify that and and course correct if needed and um sometimes it's good right there's there's fruit that comes from it too you get closer together and you know then good good for you type of thing and god can work through that too so Mm. but it's been fun um you know I've been able to get close to a lot of kids and, you know, have fun with them in different ways. So, um, and I think I'm starting to see some fruit from some of those relationships as well. So, Mm. and, you know, some kids I don't even play Valorant with and, you know, we have, you know, I'm starting to have closer relationships with them too. So it's kind of, you know, whatever situation God has put you in, it's kind of amazing how like things turn out the way that they do. So. Can you expand a little bit on, you mentioned fruit, that you're starting to see some fruit in mm-hmm. some of your relationship with the kids. What, how would you define those said fruits? Um, I think kids are able to like approach me mm. more easily. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'm able to joke around with them. Um, and, and, and I feel like they are more able to open up to me about different questions or, or talk to me in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I won't name names, but you know they're able to just ask me questions on Discord or even to my face because mm-hmm. you know t- to me like I feel like I have more like a friend relationship than than maybe like a authoritative relationship. Yeah. So you know there's benefit in that. I will say you know there's downsides too where um, uh, maybe they joke around with me too much and all our mm-hmm. conversations are just jokes and you know mm-hmm. type of thing and. Um, and for those, you know, I find it harder. You know, that's the consequences I'm dealing with is I'm having a harder time to have real conversations. And, and to them, it feels awkward to have those conversations. So um, that's probably because, you know, of that too. So, um, but yeah, I think, you know, kids are opening up a little bit more to each other too, to myself. And um, yeah. And i um, kind of curious if someone were to say like they're fresh out of seminary or not even fresh out but like they're you know fresh into seminary mm. and they believe like they have received a calling to be like a youth pastor like they have a heart for a young mm-hmm. generation what advice mm-hmm. you think you would give them oh that's a good question um i come i come at it from like a weird angle because i'm a part-time Pastor, sure. in a sense, and yeah. um, I, was, I was kind of reading this other book. Um, I've been reading a lot of books recently because mm. I know I have. I've been having a short attention span because <laughs> I watch YouTube a lot and, and different stuff. And 
Um, so I've been trying to read more. Um, so I've been reading a lot of books. Nice. Um, but um, it, it's it's hard, like when you're trying to come up with like a vision and like what you're called to do, and and it's hard in my context because I have a lot of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and I'm sure it'll get worse. It's funny because Jabin. I always make fun of Jamin because before he'd always ask me like, "Does it get any better like after college?" I'm like, "No, it doesn't. It gets it just gets worse." Yeah. Um, but um, you know, I I think I'm trying to figure out how to um, juggle things and and where to put my time mm-hmm. um, because I just don't have enough of it. And you know, what would be the best way? And and what's interesting, I forgot who wrote the book. Um, it was someone famous um, but uh, basically he said um, if, he, if you're choosing between visions or trying to figure out what you want to do mm-hmm. um, and you know you're too busy to do it um, think about like what breaks your heart and then that should be <clears throat> where you should go in a sense mm-hmm. so um, for me I've kind of taken that to heart like when you're trying to figure out um what to do and you're juggling a bunch of things if you're working and going to school or um you know if you're you know everything's kind of getting overwhelming kind of just mm-hmm. take a look and and try, and go back and and it'll kind of reframe everything in its own way too of you know why are you even doing this if you go back and say okay um you know what's my purpose of doing it you know what's my vision what do i want to do and then you just think back you know what what's my heart tell me what you know what breaks my heart what what's god telling me to do or what's um the holy spirit working in and, and say wow this really breaks my heart that the kids aren't don't able aren't able to have this or or the kids are like this yeah. and then that's kind of how your vision starts to shape form is first looking at what breaks your heart in mm-hmm. a sense so mm-hmm. um to me like the theme of my time um, as a youth pastor has been prioritization and juggling um, different priorities because, you know, and, and I think that's kind of the biggest um, advice maybe or kind of the thing I had to do in trying to juggle all mm. of that. So again, it might be different in a context where um, someone's fresh out of seminary and they're a full-time yeah. pastor, but um, I'm sure they'll get busy too. So that's what, kind of my advice. What is breaking your heart right now? Um, you know, I, I think at the retreat, um, man, Pastor Phil was great. He was the guest speaker there. He he was a friend of Peerage, Peerage, or a student of Peerage. I don't really remember. Um, but uh, in one of his sermons, he um, asked all the kids to raise their hands yeah. and say, "Hey, if you know that you're gonna go to heaven tomorrow." Or if, if the world ended or you died, if you know you're going to go to heaven right now, raise your hand. And I think there were only like one or two mm-hmm. kids that, that raised their hands. And which is weird because, um, you know, some of the kids that didn't, you know, you know, they would say that they're saved and they, you know, they take Jesus as, as their Lord and Savior. So, um, you know, I, I think for me, it, it was kind of a um, an eye opening thing of, of really the kids understanding really what it means to be saved. And I think a lot of kids are struggling with this idea of, um, you know, it's kind of their way of being humble or it's their way of, you know, not thinking that they deserve it to go to heaven, which is true, but they don't kind of understand that whole picture. So for me, you know, that was kind of heart-wrenching for me. And um, for me, I'm trying to find ways that I can kind of help complete that picture of, of what it means to be Christian because we take all these bits and parts as we grow up um, some stories stick out to us um, some sermons stick out to us and we've had different mentors and pastors in the past that might have focused on certain things and we kind of shape our own um, you know picture of, of what it means to be Christian and what it means to believe in Christ and and how can I help kind of complete that picture a little bit more so that um, they don't have to worry about um, am I saved or like am I doing the right thing and always stressed about it and I think that's kind of what the kids are dealing with mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I still ask that kind of question I mean even last week's small group session after sermon mm-hmm. um, I asked this kind of took an anonymous um, 
serving mm-hmm. and I had Ted help me with it like David and I we stepped out of the room um, and just like kind of one of those like close your eyes and raise your hand if this applies to you kind of deal mm-hmm. and one of the questions was like um, are you satisfied with where you are in your relationship with God mm-hmm. and uh, Ted, Ted counted it I don't remember the number but I think there were like total of 11 12 kids there on Sunday I think sorry like about 10 kids and all 10 of them according to Ted like raised their hands mm-hmm. to the question of do you believe like studying the Bible is like important in getting closer with God and like everyone agreed to mm-hmm. that and then it's like the next question was are you happy or satisfied with where you are in your walk with God and only like one person raised their hand mm-hmm. um, and then like do you know what to do in order to get stronger? And like about half raised their hand. Mm-hmm. And then the final question was like, would you like to desire, do you desire to get closer to God? And do you, would you like some help or some kind of guidance in that, achieving mm-hmm. that goal? And I think like seven, mm-hmm. like upper 75th percentile <laughs> kind of raised their hand. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see that Kids are still struggling with it, and yeah. even like, it's kind of, kind of like a joking way, but not really. Um, I still ask questions like, "Hey, like you remember the question that you know from the retreat? Like, do you think you're gonna go to heaven?" Mm-hmm. And then they'll they'll still be like, um, like regardless of what like gives Pastor Phil said, like personally, yeah. I don't think like I'm there yet, mm-hmm. right? Or even the question of like would you like to meet Jesus if you were to come back tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I want to see Jesus. And I'm like, but you know what that implies, right? And then they're like, oh, <laughs> maybe not yet. <laughs> and I'll be like, why not? And some will be like, oh, I haven't experienced life enough yet. Or some will be like, I don't think he wants to see me yet. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, given where I'm at right now in my life. And so it's a, I think it's a constant reminder and not just the kids, yeah. right? I think even people our age, even college and young adults, we all kind of struggle with this from time to time. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, are, am I truly saved? Because I think we know ourselves mm. better than anybody. That's right. And we're like, look at our lives and we're like, dude, what being would accept this like garbage? <laughs> like, it's filthy soul yeah. of mine. It's either that or uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's quite brilliant because, you know, you think that the Christian good news, the gospel, the message is is kind of easy and straightforward, but Mm -hmm. it's really not. It's really hard to accept and hard to understand completely. Mm -hmm. And um, man, I, I don't know if it's too late, but I can't remember the person again. But, you know, they said that. No, if you completely, if you think you completely understand it, then you probably don't, in yeah. a sense. Yeah. So it's it's really amazing how, um, you know, you, you think it's simple, but it, but it's really not. And I think everyone's kind of trying to figure it out as we go. And you know, I think that's what we're trying to do is just to help one another understand it and experience that grace and, and that love again and again and in different ways and new ways type mm-hmm. of thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all <clears throat> struggling with that. We're all learning. And, um, you know, my heart is for the youth kids as well. Yeah. I love these kids. These <laughs> kids are exceptional. Um, but also, on top of the kids, what also breaks my heart is also the, uh, the leaders who are also serving, mm-hmm. right? The volunteers. And um, I. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like it's a very common thing. Like, one thing I did talk to you a lot about was like the lack of community that I see, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you know, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but mm-hmm. you even mentioned that you don't really quite have a community here, mm-hmm. right? And I asked you, like, are you okay with that? And like, <laughs> and you're like, I don't have a choice. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just, and so. I'm, I don't know, that, that breaks my heart as well. Yeah. A lot of things breaks my heart. <laughs> I no longer have a heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. 
um, how are you doing in terms of that? Like, do you just make peace with it? Um, yeah, um, I, I think it's just the situation that I'm in. Um, I, I, like, almost, I'm almost at a point where, like, if I want to meet someone, I have to be like, hey, you know, put it on my calendar. Like, <laughs> book out a time, find a time slot in my calendar, and, and mm. grab food with me, type of thing. Um, but hopefully, I, I want to say like things will get easier and better. But you know, I'm sure it'll get tougher with kids and different things. And and I think that's why you know, P. Rich emphasizes you know after date after 18 and and find the right person because mm. um, you know mostly you know people might see me preaching for youth group but you know honestly you know the majority of that is you know in one me's hands because because she's the one who i'm able to talk with the most and be able mm. to share that and have that relationship and have that foundation and anchor in a lot of ways and you don't see that you know preaching yeah. up there but um you know that's where it all comes from it is mm. from that and um, I think it's just kind of really life stages in a lot of sense. And, you know, it can be sad. Like, I know a lot of people get sad when their best friend gets married and goes off and you don't get to talk to sure, them yeah. as much. But um, I think that's just kind of what happens. And, and you know, it, it's a little bit sad, too. But, you know, obviously you don't spend, you're still able to hang out stuff like that but you kind of gain more ministries as you get older and same thing with Jabin mentioning you know does it get any better mm -hmm. um, it gets worse but good news is you're you're also able to grow and able to handle more things and um, as you get older you get different ministries um, you get um, your family um, your kids and then that becomes a ministry in and of itself um, yeah so um, even if you're not a pastor you don't serve at church you know you have ministries where you work where you go to school mm -hmm. your classes your friends and um those aren't trivial at all you know they're just as important um i always say that pastors have the easiest job because they're mm -hmm. preaching to people who agree with them right mm -hmm. like you say god is good and everyone's like amen it's like feel good that's mm -hmm. easy right mm -hmm. um you know the hard job is you know the congregation who have to go out and you know god places them in different places so um, as you get older, ministries change, um, and you know God provides in different ways. And so far, um, one me has been kind of that main um, pillar for me. And mm. um, you know it'd be nice. You know I, I talk to Purich a lot too, and able to have some some of that pastor <laughs> um, talk and <laughs> pastor back and forth type of thing. Mm. Um, you know I wish you know there was a closer group of friends back in Arizona. Mm -hmm. um, I had a group of chandosan names and pastors that they were like all friends like all different church pastors but they were like friends since they were like younger <laughs> type mm, of thing mm. um i was like dang that's like i wish i kind of had that and um you know all my older friends i still contact here and there but obviously we've grown further apart but um yeah i, I mean obviously i wish you know that was available i also wish you know, I was in the NBA and, and play with LeBron. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm just grateful for one me, grateful for the things I have, the people at least I have and able to talk a little bit with. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think God has blessed me with, you know, the ability to kind of handle what he's given me. He's never given me too much um, that I'm able to handle, and I'm grateful for that. So, um, yeah, just being grateful and content where I'm at. Um, it could, I guess it can always be better, but just kind of trusting that, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be at. And I'm sure um, if I do feel lonely or if I'm, you know, have a need that God's going to provide that eventually too by mm. giving me more time or whatnot. But that's kind of how I'm dealing with it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. One thing I did pray on my way here, mm -hmm. um, preparing for this podcast and listeners i mean i should i should pray more often but <laughs> i don't ever pray for the podcast right <laughs> but like, like i said kind of before recording this it's like this was low-key nerve-wracking for me because <laughs> i don't i don't know like i don't know what to talk to you like with with younger guys which mm. we had a lot like javen and sam like i could if there's nothing to talk about i could at least just roast them yeah, yeah, yeah. But i can't roast you <laughs> I mean, oh you can't nah. <laughs> <laughs> and um and i'm just 
yeah, what you said about your lack of community mm. is like still like constantly lingers back in my head, mm. and you know I can't say that I'm not in that position either, mm. right? I'm also kind of often struggling with that, mm. and I do probably talk to Grace a lot. Mm. Um, the difference is you guys are engaged, we're mm. not, um, so there's still a little bit of difference, and because I'm not like engaged or married, I still need like that like bro times right yeah, yeah, yeah and so that's like kind of different chapters mm-hmm. you and i um but one thing i did pray was allow this podcast to at least be an opportunity for us to like have a heart-to-heart conversation oh, yeah. and um yeah i think it was great yeah hopefully got to yeah. learn more about you mm-hmm. um about ministry obviously you know you and i we've we've met pretty frequently before and we've talked a lot and every one of those meetings, it just reminds me like we can talk for even longer. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, hopefully um, as we continue to serve more and more, you know, we our brotherhood, our bond can really strengthen. Mm-hmm. And also, hopefully, Lord willing, um, more people of our age, <laughs> yeah, will come, and we can actually start establish a stronger community here yeah. as well. For sure. I mean, I really like what you guys are doing with Painted Jungle, too. Um, you know, hopefully people are able to get to know me a little bit, um, too, and hopefully not afraid to approach me. Like, I don't listen to all the yeah, podcasts. Yeah, trust um, me, I know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I like scrolling through and seeing who's featured in it, right? Mm. Not that, it, like, I don't want to listen to you guys, yeah, but, yeah. you know, I talk to you and Ted a lot, but, yeah. hey, like, I don't really you know, know about this person as much. So maybe I can kind of hear, you know, maybe not their entire story, but maybe a little mm-hmm. bit about how they think. And, and, and so I, I really like what you guys are doing here and, um, you know, opening bridges and being able to hear people's thoughts and stories and, um, yeah, building that community. So yeah, hopefully, you know, you had a good time and hopefully people are able to also get to know us a little bit more in a yeah. sense. So, yeah. Yeah, again, thank you for uh, making the time to come out and filling up uh, Ted's spot. No problem. Honestly, I didn't even know, I didn't even notice Ted was gone. <laughs> um, you, you you came right after your work. Yeah, so I, I was promised you. this amazing chemistry by you and Ted, but I didn't get it this time around. It's okay. Maybe He's, next time. Yeah, maybe next time. <laughs> does, that, does that mean you're going to come up again? Yeah, maybe. I mean, Ooh. if you guys need somebody, if I can boost those <laughs> views, maybe I can do a Valorant uh, uh, you know, seminar or something like that for mm. people who want to gain rank and, um, you know, maybe boost some viewership and get some more money to fund some of this new equipment that you guys have here. So, uh, uh, did you eat yet? You uh, nah, not yet. For sure. So, um, but yeah, so we'll wrap it up before we go. Want to, uh, challenge you with this one thing. I'm about to make you really uncomfortable. Oh no. All right. Ready? This is what we do here. Challenges. We gotta. We need to be able to say, "I love you to one another." Oh, right, right. Okay. J. <laughs> J. P. Jason, I love you, bro. Hey, Jung, love you too, man. Yes, yes, right. That's what's up. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you for everyone for listening. Um, this was P. Jason. This was uh, Jungle Podcast. Uh, Painted is gone again, but hopefully. Ted will come back next next week. If you did enjoy this podcast, please rate five star. We're available on iTunes and Spotify. And honestly, Ted, I think I can. I'm getting better at this. I don't even need you anymore. Just kidding, Ted. Come back. We miss you. I love you. Have Hope you're having a good time. But anyway, thank you, everyone. Have a good rest of your week. I'll see you all next, next week. Peace. <laughs>